Hello, listener, and welcome to Area de Rigori. That is ADR, episode 12. My name is Danish Iqbal. Thank you for joining me. As usual, every single week we're here talking about culture, all things football in Italy, all things Serie A. Maxi is with me again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wasn't on my toes. I, I will do better, I promise. Yo, what up, Maxi? There's a bit of a pause there from, from you coming in. I need more from you, man. Yeah, yeah, good week. Um, good to sit down now and talk a bit Serie and culture. How's it going? Good week? Nice ending to the week. Yes, yes. As 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 per usual, yeah. Well, why do you have a nice ending to the week? I mean, nice ending to the work week, I guess. Oh, you mean this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean this? Okay, <laughs> no worries. Uh, well, well, thank you for joining us, listener, whether that's on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It's it's ADR area de Rigori brought to you by breakingthelines.com. Go to the website to check out all the uh, latest articles on there. It's a very cool article written by a friend of mine on Marcelo Bielsa. Now lots and lots to unpack this week once again. Um let's start. I think it's it's the most appropriate with the, the marquee fixture on Sunday, Napoli Milan between the, this was hailed as as the bald derby. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was, you know, the derby of the <laughs> the bold but very good looking men, I would say, Stefano Pioli and uh, Luciano Spalletti. Um, it, you know, this, this is a bit off topic, but Pioli is so well dressed. He's, he dresses so well. Yeah. Even when he's not aiming to dress well, he dresses well. Like, I just think, man, if I was bold um, and, and Italian, I, I would dress like that. Or if I was just bold, I think I would just dress like that to cover up the fact that I was bold. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. He he just looks so elegant. Anyway, Milan picking up a massive win, one nil, um, and picking up a huge three points against who at the time were the the, the league leaders, and Milan now go top, two points clear of of Inter, top of the table, top of the table with a little bit of breathing room in terms of you know two points is not three points, but it's it's substantial when it's not. A few weeks ago, when they went top, it was it was level. Um, and if it wasn't for those draws, Maxi against Spezia and Salernitana, who knows where Milan would be now? They could be six points clear. We talked a bit about it uh, when those draws happened. That it might not be like the biggest setback back then, but in the long run, it will it will probably haunt Milan, and it's coming a bit to that right now. Yeah, having said that, this let's not underestimate how much of a massive win this was for Milan. Um, no, absolutely not. It wasn't... Uh, it, I, it was a tactical chess match for me. It wasn't one of those Serie A games that just... Um, it, it, uh, these games sometimes have a have a tendency, and, and it's the, the funnest thing when both managers just go, right, forget this, I'm taking the gloves off. Let's go punch for punch. And it, it just turns into this fun basketball game where you see attacking players... Um, see who can who can score first or who can score the most. It wasn't like that. It was more a, a chess match. Like I said, it was it was a tense affair. I think some very a bit cautious. Yes, I, I don't. I wouldn't even say a bit cautious, but both teams were trying to uh, quell each other, uh, or not not even smother each other, but but making sure that the first thing they did was shut down the other team, but also try to attack. At the same time, I wouldn't say it was cautious. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Allegri ball, um, or, or it wasn't, you know, you know, there, there wasn't any negative tactics deployed. Um, 
I think Milan just about deserved it. Milan, some interesting tactical points for me. They pressed the double pivots so well, like really, really well. The I think the the whole game plan from Pioli was um, right. We know Fabian Rui and Stanislas Loboka are really important in this team. Most of their goals, they've only had seven headed goals this year. Um, uh, Most of their goals come from we're going to build through the center. We know we have a people who can progressively pass the ball very well in Ruiz and Laboca, and then we have uh, a Politano or uh, an Ossiman or um, even Il- Ilmas to a, a different degree. Where if if the pivots can get the ball to them, then we can create. But that's normally from the center. Like it's not normally airily or anything like that. You know, Zelinski and Senior, they all build through the center. So what Milan did was just cut off the supply lines very, very well. And they pressed them in packs uh, at times as well, they, it, it, whether it was Tonali and Benesep or the entire midfield and including Leao and even Misaias coming back. I thought they did this really, really well. If you look at the passing networks or the positions that Milan found themselves in, it's extremely narrow, like really, really central. I think they clearly worked on this. It seemed like something that like they had identified that, as you said, uh, Ruiz and Lobotka are are Napoli's main supply lines for the for the offense, and uh, yeah, they did that uh, amazingly. I think you're uh, you're spot on with your observation here. And thank you. Um, I also think like after a while, when they realized that they wouldn't get that much out of Lobotka and Ruiz this game. Napoli acted smartly in a way because they started pinging ball to the spaces for Victor Osimhen to just run at, uh, and they created a yeah, yeah, which you can which you can also use use him as an outlet through there. Yeah, and they they created a fair bit of chances over the ninety minutes like that. Uh, Osimhen was quite close a few times to scoring, um, and. I mean, the fact that he he uh, was the solution for them in that way just shows how good Victor Osimhen is as well. He was at times unstoppable for Milan, um, like dominant both both physically and uh, outrunning the Milan defenders. Uh, I mean, Tomori had a chance. We we shouldn't undermine him like that, but. I, I think that Osiman was a bit stronger than him, so he, he got the upper hand anyways. Um and yeah, I, I'm I must say that I was very, very impressed with Victor Osiman and how Nap- Napoli found a solution um in the end to, to this. Yeah. Um I think it, it's it's pretty eye catching and opening to me um that Napoli had was it sorry, sixty four percent possession? I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. 64% possession and didn't and but only rendered three shots on target as well. That that's uh like at at the same time. So uh, I think job done from from Pioli and Milan's perspective. Yes, you know Victor Osimhen like you said is is an outlet and, and they can go long term, but I think they just didn't have any other choice but to go long term. Um Exactly, and that's that's something Milan really 
Uh, you said he was close to scoring a couple of times. I, I actually disagree with that. Uh, I, I think he, there was a few sighters, but there was nothing clear-cut that I can remember. No, no, no. I, maybe I didn't um, make myself self, uh, quite clear about that. I, I didn't mean like clear-cut chances. I, I meant like they um, put the ball in spaces for him to run at and some, he came to some half chances uh, himself. But... Uh, Ah, okay, yeah, 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 but but literally because they had like no other option to do so. I'm not saying that they they fully shut down Napoli and they had like no breathing space or anything like that. Yeah, but it's pretty apparent where where they were like, okay, look, have the ball if you want. We're just not going to let you do anything with it because we we know how you build up. Exactly, and uh, as we, as we're praising Victor Osman, we also have to praise uh, Oliver Giroud in the in the other end of the of the pitch. I mean, he continues yeah, to score. Yeah. Picking up the... I mean, did you yeah, see the injury? It, it was quite nasty, to be honest. I, I mean, he's... Yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, maybe this is a... Maybe it's a good time to tell people who you think is asshole of the week. I, I mean, it's it's quite clear to me that it's uh, Karidou Koulibaly after that tackle. He... I mean, that's <laughs> a bit... <laughs> I mean, okay, I see where you're coming from because... You're a Milanisti and everything like that. Um, it, it was it was a harsh, ta- like pretty rough tackle. Um, I think during the ball gets played into Giroud's feet and Koulibaly sort of thwacks him on the um, on the ankle. It wasn't on purpose, but it's quite a deep cut. Like they they showed it was already a deep cut, and um, they thought that he was going to need stitches. Instead, I think they gave him ticker tape. I think so. Yeah. What would you call it? Ticket tape? I I remember I had stitches one t- I had a massive cut in my leg and they just taped it up instead of stitches. I was like, all right, then yeah, thanks for that. Um and Giroud with this injury came back on, scored uh, a very like predatory goal as well. Yeah. Calabria had a, the worst missed shot ever, it was going so wide and wayward. Yeah. Um but but Giroud's guile and his just knack for goal and just knowing where the goal is again. Uh, Got Milan three points in a massive game. It was uh, just like in the derby. Yeah, I was just going to say it was a bit in the derby when Ibrahim Diaz's shot went went was about to went wide, but but Giroud was there and like tapped it in. Um, yeah, I I I don't I don't think like Koulibaly is a good guy. He's not known for vicious tackles, so it was just unfortunate that it, that it went like this. But I think like the. That tackle could have, to me, been a red card. Um, but I, I can also understand why it's a yellow card. Um, really? A, a red card for that? But I didn't see that, man. I mean, no. I mean, it's good. It yeah, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's we're talking high. about Serie A, so anything's a red. A red. <laughs> Gas, Gasparini got a red this year for um, <laughs> yeah. literally shouting an instruction to. An Atalanta player, and the referee thought he was swearing at him. Like anything's a red in Syria, but I don't. Come on, man, I, that, that's not a red. <laughs> it's 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 not a red. It's he he's late, but he tries to block the ball. Like it's not. I don't think it's anything malicious. But having said that, the cut was pretty bad. So maybe I can <laughs> I can see from that angle where you're coming from. Um, it's I I I just mean that it could be. I'm I'm not saying it should be. Okay. So I mean, so Koulibaly's asshole of the week for you. Yeah, but but also I I think it's a little harsh. 
but what are, what other options do we have? To be honest, that that's a bit on why I landed in this. Come on, man, we can find some asshole out there. We can find some asshole of the week out there. <laughs> if if you find anyone, I'm fully open to be convinced. Okay, so you, how about I'll give I'll give mine in the show later. Yeah, but uh, I I also think that we. When when I find somebody, um, I'll just pick out anybody like like you did. I'll just I'll just pick up any any foul <laughs> uh, of a player that I like and go ah all of the week. Um, we sh- uh, we should also highlight that Olivier Giroud continues to score in big games for Milan. He's uh, he's been a real different difference maker. Yeah, yeah. There's a massive three points. I know there was a bunch of. Not hullabaloo, but a lot of some fans were getting upset because they were like, "Why have we just signed another veteran striker?" <laughs> um, but that's six massive points that have come solely from his goal scoring. Yeah. In in terms of Napoli, I know last week we, I, I said, "Well, they're top, and and you know we should give them some respect." But maybe you're right, and and maybe they just are flirting with success again, um, and. Are the pretenders in in no other no other circumstances? Remember that? Remember that Foo Fighters song? Uh, I think so. No. What if I say I'm not like the others? The Pretender, man. It was called anyway. The, the, look, the Foo Fighters song, The Pretenders, and maybe it's based on Napoli. Um, because just when you think that they're <laughs> just when you think that they've turned a corner and this could be the season for them, and Spalletti said these players. Uh, on the brink of immortality. Um, and Insigne came out after the game when they lost to Milan and said, yeah, look, nobody's going to remember this this team if we don't win anything. Um, they were sky high on cloud nine last week, and now um, th- th- they're three points behind again. I don't think it's over by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's the peak of the season, and there's 10 cup finals left, if you will. But um, this was a big loss for them but I, th- I think Pioli just outthought them I agree and, and uh, as I said last week uh, I, I'm not counting them out by any means but I also think that as as I said back then that this is a race between uh, Milan and Inter um, and, I, and I say that a bit because it's a step forward for Napoli this season a big step forward but I don't think they're quite there yet to be mm. the like as as a concrete um, opponent for the for the scudetto, and um, mm. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be topsy turvy. I hope we get a three horse race up until like game thirty six, and then and then we can see. I mean, even there's people tipping Juve now. Yeah, and they that boy Max, man, that boy Max, that boy Max. We we thought uh, they were out um, out of the Champions League race even uh, at the beginning of the season. They're only four points behind Napoli now. It's um, yeah, they're. I I don't know what to say. It's a, it's an incredible comeback. Stunned silence from Max. Stunned silence. Four point. I mean, that's four points behind. Um, four points behind Napoli is just amazing. I know we've talked. Frequently about Napoli this 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 year for for good reason they've played some some good and different football under under Spalletti and they've um they, they've adapted to his sort of results 
get get the best out of out of this team, but but put results first rather than uh, create loads of chances, which was last year. Create loads of chances and don't convert lots. Um, having said that, Napoli have a very very difficult run. I think towards the end, they're still yet to play Atalanta, Fiorentina, Roma, um, and Sassuolo as well, who who love beating beating big teams. Um, Juve have like I know they they have to play Inter, but they play Salernitana, Cagliari, Bologna, Juve, Venezia, um, and then I, in between that it's Lazio, Fiorentina. Um, I said Inter already, and Sassuolo as well. Um, but they they might be in a fight for fourth now, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of course. Um, I I would be surprised if Juventus doesn't end up in the top four. Get third. Mm. Um, it's an underrated. Let's uh, look. I know we joke the, about him so much. Look, Allegri man, we give we're we're here to give you some credit. We are. This this is us giving you credit. Actually, I'm counseling my asshole of the week. I'm gonna have two goats of the week. The other goats of the week, we'll we'll, we'll give you my goat. My, I'm gonna get two goats of the week. <laughs> you know why? Because I can do whatever the hell I want on this show. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna have two goats of the week. It's a it's high time we give. Max Allegri goal of the week. Um, the first goal of the week. You were 14 unbeaten now. Yeah, and I also think that, of course, uh, Allegri is the main one to credit here, but I I wonder where Juve would be right now if it wasn't for Vlaovic. Without him? I mean... I also, but I, the other thing I wonder is where would they be if they still had Ronaldo? Yeah, good point, good point. Like they've they've just lost they've they've lost their best player one of the best players of all time he was a great goal scorer last year, um, but I do wonder where they would be with Ronaldo would they be challenging for Scudetto? I mean it's not impossible I I think that um, he would be a massive difference for them, um, because it was it was very clear that when he left to the period where uh, Vlaovic then joined. And they were really lacking that offensive edge. Um, so if they had, they if they had uh, had Ronaldo throughout the fall, maybe maybe they would be in the race for the Scudetto right now. <clears throat> um, having having said those things, though, a lot of Juve fans that I spoke to last year and when I watched the games said that they played better without him. But I don't like. Obviously, Allegri has managed Ronaldo before and possibly knows how to get the best out of him. Um, you know what I mean. So maybe he, maybe they would be better with him. Um, but as as a Man U fan, sorry, listeners. Wait, Allegri has uh, Allegri hasn't managed Ronaldo. Yes, of course he has. No. Yes, he has. A Juve. Yes, of course. No, it was Sarri, then Pirlo. He's managed. He's managed Ronaldo for one season. I don't think so. Check it. We're checking it right now. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going past this until you check it. Don't. Come on, the Atletico, um, the famous Atletico comeback. He was the manager then. Oh yeah, yeah. They signed him. They signed him, and uh, and Ronaldo was there. So I think he had a legacy for one season. All right, I will officially retire from this podcast. Thank you. Uh, no, don't do that. Who the hell else am I going to get? Producer one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, producer. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, certain that he that was sorry. 
at first. No, the, the, he was he was at Juventus for three seasons. Yeah, exactly. Was it three seasons? Was that it? Three seasons of, of, of Ronaldo Ball at Juve? 2018 to 2021. And he, they had him for... Allegri had him for the first season, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yes. No, he had four seasons, my bad. Four seasons... No, no, no. Three seasons. Three, four seasons in... Um, this year, he only played one game. In, in Serie A, having said that, having said that, you Ronaldo did score the least amount of goals under him, 21. Yeah. In, in his three seasons, he, he had 21 goals for uh, Allegri, 31 goals the season after under Sarri, which, wow, that's surprising, and 29 the, the season after, which was last year. But still, he would give you 20-odd goals. But having said that, like I said before, as a Man United fan, um, you can see the there's certain times in the attacking structure because he's not the player he was or because he plays the way he does where it's literally, I'm just going to give you goals um, or he will do silly things like drop deep to link up the player, which is so pointless because he doesn't drag any defenders out and nor do the, the left wingers or right wingers from Manu go past the centre-backs or anything like that. So it's like the most pointless link-up player ever. And I just think that it's reminiscent of last year when a few quite a few Juve fans wanted him out and there was a few games where he was injured and they said, wow, we're playing much better. Um, but but like I said, maybe Max would have got the best out of him. Yeah, and I, I on the subject you're, you're talking about, I think that with Ronaldo, I mean, of course, he would provide them with goals, but they've become a bit reliant on Ronaldo, I thought, at least for the yeah like last season he played under Pirlo. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe even before, but yeah, very very reliant on him. And when he didn't come up big, Juventus didn't either. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, no, yeah, nice one. I I maybe think <laughs> I, I maybe think that they work better as a collective without him. Um, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. it's hard to but, know. I mean, I I think they would, yeah, but it would it would certainly be interesting. Um. To, to see where they would be with uh, with him in there, whether they would play better and, and stuff like that. Juve getting a, a 1-0 win against Spezia. Uh, Spezia. Locatelli getting another assist. And you, you said it first. Spezia. Do that again? What, what were you doing? <laughs> so, so fancy. Spezia. Spezia. It's a lovely way to say it. Is it Spezia? Sick. I, I've seen that team play live this year. Haha. Who else can say that, right? I love Spezia. Um, they're now hovering. Sick, dude. Sick. All right, calm down. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're now hovering. They're sort of four points uh, above Venezia. Um, but Juve did this again without much of a midfield. Uh, it was Rabio Locatelli and Rap and. Um, Arthur Mello in, in midfield and Rugani and at centre back and Pellegrini at full back. So like I said, I think we need to give Max some credit. They're now fourteen and beaten and have somehow <laughs> sort of I don't know what scavenged their way to to fourth. <laughs> I don't know the nice way to say it. I mean um, looking at it and talking about Juve doesn't have like that great of a squad. I of of course they're very good, but it's not near what they've had previous years. No. No. But like I said, they also have a ton of injuries in midfield as well. Yeah. And th- this is a team that doesn't ha- hasn't had Chiesa for a big part of the large chunk of the season now. Which was a very 
So give give Max his props, man. It's time to stop laughing. It's time to stop laughing. Um, I don't. This is, it's time to smart start smiling, Max. Smile more. <laughs> like that picture yep. where he's just grinning. Oh man, um, Cheshire Cat but, smile. Yes, yes, like we said, a Cheshire Cat smile. But um, I was going to say, 